You are listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number 57. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Well, hey there, toy people, Ajel Wade here, and welcome back to another episode of Making It in the Toy Industry. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by thetoycoach.com. Today's guest is Albert Lawrence, a media entrepreneur and TV personality with over 12 years of journalism and production experience. A Virginia native and Yale University graduate, Albert currently serves as a technology correspondent for CBS's Emmy-winning educational program, Innovation Nation, a live host for Amazon's home shopping show, Amazon Live. He's also a film and TV correspondent for IMDb's video series and a producer and host for the BL Perspectives digital series. Albert created and hosts a series about diverse career opportunities for the Walt Disney Company called Working With, and he's contributed to specials for the Oscars, Emmys, and Comic-Con. Wow. Can you believe I know this guy? Albert and I met while filming the Power of Pop Culture episode one of the YouTube series Box Lunch Perspectives. And when I started doing a little bit of research on who the host of the series was going to be, I was blown away. I discovered videos of Albert interviewing the likes of Oprah, Dolly Parton, and most impressively, Kermit the Frog. Did that last bit get you really excited? I I bet it did. It's pretty cool. Today, Albert is going to help draw some similarities between building a media personality and building your brand identity as a toy inventor or entrepreneur. So without further ado, let's dive into today's conversation. It's a good one. For today's episode, we have my friend Albert Lawrence on the show. Albert, a huge warm welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Ajelle. It's it's a blast. I'm really excited that we get a chance to connect this way and that I get to kick it with your toy people. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were a little too big shot for the show. So I'm happy to have you here for real. We're going we're gonna to have a blast with this. I know the, the first time that we met was working with Box Lunch, working on their BL Perspectives series, which by mm-hmm. the way, you were such a phenomenal guest to have on there, oh. where we got a chance to talk about the intersection of pop culture as it relates to social issues. And because you are the toy coach, aka the toy queen, oh. like, <laughs> you were able to really bring together a part of pop culture that I think that some of us don't even necessarily think about having as its own portal, but my goodness, like it drives so much of how we perceive each other, how we share our stories with other people, and that is the toys. So I think that it was so amazing that you got a chance to share that light with a lot of us who may collect toys, but we didn't necessarily think about some of the psychology and some of the, the, the struggle and battle that go within getting representation fed into toys. Oh man, Albert, you're you're straight up hosting me out of my own show, aren't you? <laughs> no, that's not okay. the purpose. Okay. Listen, everyone, Albert is a super successful show host, actor, filmmaker, just so much more. But today, today he's gonna pull it back a little bit and he's gonna focus on talking about his career achievements as they relate to building a brand identity 
for himself. And I, I really want to have this conversation with you today, Albert, because I think that it's really applicable to the toy inventors that are listening to this podcast, because I often tell my listeners that uh, they need to focus on building their brand identity as a toy inventor so that toy companies begin to know and trust them and maybe even want to hear from them and, and hear their product pitches. So I told you all about this as we were first starting out and you had some great insights and things to say. My first question for you is, how did you start building up your brand identity? Wow. So how did I start building it up? It's funny. It kind of ties into something that I've heard you share with your audience before, which is the idea that content is king. So for me, when I first started out, I just knew that my purpose My desire was to build brightness, to add brightness to the media landscape. I just wanted to be able to infuse my joy into like bringing joy out of other people and providing a platform for it. So honestly, it really kind of goes back to growing up in church, being in the choir, being in in school plays and church plays, hosting talent shows, hosting uh, news segments for my high school uh, morning news uh, space. And and then from there, once I got to college is when I, I got a chance to really kind of focus and, and tailor tailor my approach a little bit more. So I started hosting a show on our radio station. Basically, one of the things was I would look for voids. Like, I'm not a person who's afraid of competition. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I don't have to compete against someone to get a thing, I'd prefer to be able to find the space that's not already being occupied and then play around in that space so that I can make mistakes without everybody necessarily seeing all of the all of the my mistakes and I'm making in the background it allows me to fail and comparing yeah and comparing and comparing um, so I went to Yale University and I loved it there but uh, ironically one of the things that drew me there was the fact that we did have a film studies program but at the same time like it's not like the film studies program at Yale at that time at least was not what was the most popular subject area. You know, like a lot of my friends there um, were into political science or they were studying medicine. And I was like, thank you, God bless you all. Please succeed in that so that if I ever need a couch to crash on, I know whose mansion that I can assist in. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, um, let me go ahead and work on this media thing over here. Um, And so, uh, so what ended up happening was on campus, since there wasn't such a huge lineup of people that were all waiting to rent the same camera equipment, that were all waiting to get to the same radio station, I was able to find those pockets of gel and just start making things and start experimenting with things. And what I found out really early on is that there is so much that I could access, that we could access, that you can access if you just ask, if you just send that cold email out, if you make that cold phone call, because there are enough people that aren't making those cold phone calls, that aren't doing those asks. And we just assume that like, oh, there's there's no way that I'm like that this person's going to grant me an interview because I'm sure like everybody wants an interview with this person. Mm-hmm. And that's possible. Like maybe, may, maybe, like for sure, there are multiple people who I reached out to to interview for my shows on campus that like, you know, that I never heard back from. Um, and <laughs> But but I still love their music and I still love it, you know, but it's like, it, it's just the, the name of the game. But there were enough people who said like, oh, 
okay, yeah, like, come on, come on over here. Come on, do your thing. And what I would do, Ijelle, in terms of, like, really building my brand is my goal was, regardless of who it is that I'm speaking to, regardless of, like, how famous that person is, regardless of if anyone else knows that person's name, like, that doesn't matter to me once you say yes. Once you agree that you're going to share some of your time with me, that you're going to share some of your story with me, my desire is to go in, let's get the most nuggets, let's get the most impactful, the most relatable stuff that we can get with you so that then when I share it on air, there's this instant connection that gets a chance to build between the audience and that person. And I'm just a cipher. Like I'm, I'm just a filter here in order to elevate that person in order to drive that connection. And so because I treat each person as though they are a Grammy nominee, I treat each person as though like they've got an Oscar in their home, like those awards, that's cool. But for me, what's most important is the fact that we all have a very special story to tell and to share. And so I would just take the stuff that I was getting from other people and I would put it on my platforms. Um, Back then it was mainly YouTube or campus TV stations. And I made a little show called Sweet Sweets, which was basically um, a version of MTV Cribs, but just like done in Yale campus dorm rooms where I would go around and find people with cool dorm rooms and then we'd like what little camera and do it and actually as well making that making that stuff on campus ended up landing me my first internship in los angeles which was with fox wow. um, and then that helped to lead me to getting an internship that gave me my first chance to travel overseas which was with uh hbo asia based in singapore you know so so each thing each thing really did end up being um a, a ladder and a bridge to go over to the next thing but it really did all start with just wanting to make content, regardless of whether or not I was getting paid, regardless of whether or not I was going to have to pay in order to make the content. Right. I was like, I, and I know you know that. I know you yeah, understand oh, the like, I know. sometimes I know. we got to pay in order to get the stuff to be seen. And then, you know, then things come after, but we've got to make that initial investment sometimes. You know, it's so interesting, like listening to you talk, you're reinforcing that idea that people say, do what drives your passion, like focus on your passion and the success will come later. But what I'm, you know, thinking through as you're talking is it's not just the passion. It was that you're doing the things that lit you up. Mm. And when you lit up, you showed up as your best self. So then when somebody happened across your content, they're seeing you at your best because you're just so happy and, and so invested in what you're doing. So then the opportunities were coming. Yo, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And one of the funny things is when you talk about like what happens when people come across your content and what kind of vibes do they get from what they're seeing? Mm -hmm. Another thing is so much of the stuff that I did at the beginning, and honestly, some of the stuff that I'm still doing right now, even to this day, are things that people have not necessarily hired me to do. They're just things that I'm doing because I want to show people that I can do this thing. Right. And sometimes it takes us showing someone that we've either already done the thing or that we have the capacity to do the thing that will finally convince them to look at you in the light to then hire you or to then collaborate with you on that thing that you've been wanting to do. But instead of just, you know, waiting for someone to give us that validation, waiting for someone to like realize like, oh my gosh, he is okay, he can do this thing. Oh my gosh, she she is brilliant. Oh, oh, great. Like, I, I love her toys. Let's bring her in. Instead of us having to wait for that invitation to come on in, we get a chance to just create our own lane. We just create our own lane. And then we just get so into it that like other people see what's happening in our lane and they're like, oh, okay, hold on. That looks legit. Like, I want to be a part of that. Like, I, like and, and then we get a chance to work with people in that way. And, and one more thing that I want to say kind of on that point is, though, 
is that so, so much of this stuff, like I have had to pay for, like when I first started out, like I was hiring my own cameraman. Like I, I, it was a friend who I met at the gym and he was like, oh, I've got a camera. And I'm like, oh, great. I'd like, I think I might be able to take $50 out of my paycheck this week. Can, can I give you $50 to show up with me on this red carpet? And it, like, 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 it, it, it was that, it was like trading, like whatever I had or trading meals or, tra- you know, and it's just like whatever you can do in order to get that content and put that out. But once you put that out, nobody knows, like, or nobody has to know that you were the one that paid for that. Nobody has to know that, like, this footage that you have on your reel, that this photo that you have on your website, that this article that you've got in nobody has to know that, like, that wasn't just sparked by someone recognizing your brilliance and inviting you to cover Nobody has to know. So you go ahead and you just create the story that you want for people to believe. And that's how we do it. Oh, yeah. It's so, oh, you're sparking so many things in me. You're so, okay. I have one, I have a story, then I'll follow up with like a thought and a question. So you're making me think back on the way that I created content when I launched my costume company, Costumize Me. And at very first, it was very much a barter and trade. Like, hey, models, friends, please come do this and I will feed you and give you water. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> put on my clothes and model them so I can put them on my website. Sign this release so I can use your photo <laughs> in perpetuity. <laughs> Forever and ever. <laughs> but it's so funny. So Costumize Me didn't like lift off right away when I made that content, I was putting it out there. And what I noticed and what I realize now, of course, because this was seven years ago that I started that, um, what I realize now is that I wasn't really infusing it with what lit me up and like what I was really interested in. So because it was a space that was already filled, it wasn't a niche space, instead of just doing what I think I should do in this empty void, like you're saying, I was so busy looking at what other people are doing and and essentially copying and then not showing up as anything unique and not showing up as anything innovative. And the second that I created a Costumize Me piece that was, uh, it was actually themed after Black Panther, that's when people started to see me in the clothes and I started modeling them with this different energy. Like it's just a different energy. And those products started driving sales without me having to try. And I don't know, I'm just hearing all the things that you're saying. And it's so important that even if you're in a space where maybe it's not a completely empty space, so there are people around, you've got to find what you love about that space and combine it with every aspect of your personality. You know, like don't feel like, like because you're a clothing company, you can't dig into your African roots. Don't feel like because you're a media personality, you can't have an opinion on politics. Mm. I mean, push the envelope, like push it because that's how you're going to actually going to establish a voice. And that's the only way that people are going to identify with you, recognize you and want to give you opportunities. So that number one, that's the first thing you just made. Me think. <laughs> that's the first thing you popped into my head. Thank you. I'm here for it. I love this. And then second, now with everything you're saying, I would just love you to think through with me how my toy inventors out there looking to establish a brand identity for themselves as an inventor. I kind of want to talk through and think through how they might start doing that using the things that we're saying. One of the things that I teach is as an inventor, normally you have like an inventor studio, which is essentially a place in your house where you come up with ideas, you sketch them, you make them out of foam core, or you build them out of foam itself. Maybe you have a 3D printer. It's essentially where you build. Yeah. And 
my lesson is always, you know, share a little bit of your space, show people where you work, you know, hide the things that are proprietary, but share your process and share your beliefs in the process, your framework around the way that you work, right? And now I'm just, I want to give some valuable takeaways here. I feel like how can we apply that idea to the way that you built your media personality at the very beginning and even the way I built mine at the very beginning? How can we do that? Okay. Oh, it's so funny. I said something that sparked two things for you. You just said something that sparked two things for me. Okay. Um, Okay. uh, One thing that I want to mention um, real briefly, and we can come back to this if you feel like it's relevant for your audience. Sure. But I'm a correspondent on a show that airs on CBS on the weekends. It's called Innovation Nation. And every episode on Innovation Nation, we meet people from around the world who have come up with ideas. And these ideas, some of them go on to be like massive, huge ideas, like names of things that like now you see all over Amazon. Other ones end up being like more niche, but something that really really does help to serve a community. But one of the things that so far within the stories that I've covered for them that I've seen as just a tying bond is that a lot of these people are driven by finding solutions to problems that they have encountered in their own life. So a lot of these people, they didn't start off as gel just thinking like, I want to make a bunch of money. What's the easiest, what's the fastest way for me to make the most money? I'm not, look, I'm not shaming those people that have that as their motivation, as their motive. Um, There are industries that are built off of that, and there are innovations that can come out of that space. But when you and I, when we're talking about the creative one, when we're talking about the creative space, I think that so often, especially when we're talking about this subject of authenticity, the subject of really how do you bring yourself, the most of yourself to something that ends up helping yourself to be magnetic because you are building that brand, that's built, in my opinion, some of the, the most fortitude, the sturdiest homes of that are built off of finding real problems that you have just naturally encountered in your life and then figuring out how do I solve that? And as you're solving that for yourself, you also end up creating a solution for others. Okay. So I do want to say that. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm sorry. You already sparked something new. I'm sorry. That is exactly my journey. Like I Loved the toy industry. I always wanted to teach kids, actually. And then I loved kids and I loved working in this industry. But I did find myself in my career at a point chasing the money, right? Like saying like, okay, where's my next promotion? What's the next big thing I'm going to do? Hold on. Is that when you went to work with the towel company? No, that was a long time ago. (laughs) This is, yeah. Like, I mean, I've been Toys R Us, Creative Kids, Madam Alexander, all over. But just as I'm growing... Uh, I, I was looking for the next promotion. I was looking to make a bigger team and like all this stuff. And it was like, you know, it it was tangible, like just not emotional growth. It was just monetary growth and, and prestige growth that I was focused on. But now like what you're saying, like, yes, as soon as I figured out the thing that there was a need for that, I also really was passionate about, I became magnetic and it, it came naturally. Every step in this path has been so much easier than every step in my corporate career had been. And it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's unreal. So okay, sorry to ruin in the middle no, of the There your was thought. no ruining what like, I lo- <laughs> this is just a dialogue. And and it's funny, I feel like we're playing like a fantastic game of Zoom tennis. We're like, you're right. and I'm like, oh snap, that's a, okay. Let me backhand it. That's, that's perfect. No, this yes. is wonderful because, it, and, and it really, it does get to look. It's obvious that you are walking in your purpose, right? It's obvious that you are living in your purpose, and as soon as you really confronted like what it is that 
that is inside of you once you opened yourself up and tapped into what drives you, what, what brings you joy, what you would do even if you weren't getting paid to do it. Like the fact that you found a way now to do that thing that you feel like you're placed here for and you are able to tap into others so you're activating others while doing it and you are able to make a living doing what you do. Like, I just feel like sometimes because we live in a society where, speaking of brand building, you know, Instagram is can be a fantastic space for it. Uh, you mentioned before LinkedIn really being um, a strong and a powerful space. All of these different tools, look, TikTok, like all of these tools that are at our disposal, right? Look, like, look I'm not on there. I think I'm <laughs> signed up, but like, I'm not happy anymore. I'm awesome. I am. It's, it's embarrassing. There's, there's a Don't lot going it. on. I asked someone the other day, I was like, hey, uh, like, have you ever made a balloon arch before? Because I'm thinking about making a balloon arch for this project. She sent me a TikTok video to tell me. Oh my gosh. Um, so, so there are these platforms, there are these communities and it's a beautiful thing that we get to tap into them. But at the same time, I'm going to, you know, channel my buddy Peter Parker for a minute. Um, you know, with, 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 with great power comes great responsibility. Um, you know, um, uh, and so because of that, because these platforms are there and we have access to them, I do think that sometimes it can become easy for us to get sucked into not just the voyeurism of them, but also the comparison temptation of them. So we we log on, we scroll through Instagram, and, and it's one thing to be inspired by people, but then sometimes that inspiration can somehow sort of like morph a bit into like, self-doubt, right? And intimidation. And like, you know what? I, I'm clearly not doing enough because where is my picture of me in Tulum? You know, like I'm clearly not doing enough because like, right. like this person is on this show now. This person just got a promotion. That, and But the thing is when we're looking at Instagram, Michelle, like the, it, it's a brand that we're building and everyone is not necessarily sharing 100% of everything that's happening in their life. And I, for one, am one of those people. I'm not sharing everything, Michelle. I'm sharing, for me, my Instagram, and this kind of happened over the past year, sort of like during COVID, it's some different things changed in my life. But I was just like, I felt like I wanted to start curating my Instagram in a different way. And I wanted to start like really, really honing in on a few different portals, few different parts of my brand that if somebody were to just click on that Instagram today, I want them to be able to see in a snapshot What's Albert up to? What's his life about? So for me, when, when you ask about what's something that, that we can uh, share with all of the toy makers, with all of the toy people that are listening in this group, for me, I decided that my social strategy would be, I'm going to focus, I'm going to spend some time focusing on this one specific channel for a moment and really, really crank on this and spend time with that. And then I will branch out and, you know, have that same kind of approach and strategy, use those on whatever platforms that I feel are relevant to me. So I decided like Instagram is the one that I've already had Instagram, but like, I'm really going to spend some time with this. So I looked at what is it that I want to put out in the world? How can I break it down into three things? For me, it was entertainment, technology, and lifestyle. So once I decided that those are three parts of my strategy, those are three parts of the vision that I want to make sure that when you click on this page that you see, I was like, okay, well, what can I make that can be consistent and consistently highlight those different things in my life? How do I get those good pictures as well, right? So what I ended up doing was I reached out, and this was again, like maybe about eight months ago or so, I just started doing a search on Instagram and like looking at whose photos do I love? And then like I fell down like this click hole where like I'd click and, oh, this one, and who took this photo? And da, 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 da. Okay, and who else did they photograph? And da, 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 da. So eventually I landed on a photographer page who I was like, oh, like this guy, he knows how to shoot 
lifestyle portraits. And what was important for me is since I'm Black, it's like he knows how to shoot Black people. Like he knows how to capture that light. We Come on, like... I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're very well thank lit you, right thank now. Thank you, thank you. We gotta stay lit. We gotta stay lit. <laughs> Get to share your tips, share your tips. And so what, what ended up happening with that, Ajel, <laughs> is like I ended up uh, forming a partnership with him we're now, and his name is Alan Daniel, really dope photographer. We we meet up and we shoot three times a month. In fact, we're going to do a shoot today. We shoot three times a month. And when we shoot those three times a month, like I am banking images. We are banking images so that like I have stuff that I can share and spread over time so that I like eventually, like I end up building up an archive so that I can pluck. And then, and it's not necessarily that like, everything that I shoot today, I'm going to like roll out over the next week or two. No, some of that stuff just like stays in until something that's relevant in my life or something that's relevant that I want to share about something happening in the world pops up. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? That's right. We shot a picture of me on a bridge back then. And today, like something massive happened with the bridge. And I want to talk about a bridge. I'm going to pull that back. So you end up really building up your own catalog. You build up your own archive. And it, yes, it is an investment in like time, but also in, you know, in, in financial resources. But the thing is, we can all have our own version of that if that's what we're interested in. Because we don't have to call up a professional photographer to do that. We can call up a cousin. We can call up a friend. and We can just have some sort of routine to where you know that you are going to have X amount of content so that when you are making your content calendar, when you, oh my gosh, you are a fantastic example of this because just looking at like your podcast episodes and like, and I, I, I can't even imagine what your digital, virtual, physical calendar must look like as well. There is something about speaking with someone who is passionate about something. And for me, it doesn't even matter like what that passion is. I just want to talk with people who care like who really care about a thing because when you think about what is it they care about, that is just a reminder that there is a spark within them, that there is a flame within them that they have truly activated, that they have come to terms with and that they're like, yo, let's let this thing burn. Like like my, my cousin, my cousin and I, we live together right now. He is a massive gamer. He loves gaming. And so, but just like still like listening to him talk about like his strategy and listening to him um, on his microphone upstairs, like talking with his friends as they're connecting over like Call of Duty and like, and, and, you know, and they're putting all of that together. There's just something that is still translatable and it transfers. So when you talk about toys, when you like listening to your podcast, when you talk about the virtual toy events that you're really encouraging people to become a part of, when you're talking about the classes that you're giving, I love when you share that like people have continuously come to you and asked you like, hey, um, when is this class going to start? Like, I want to take this class. I want to take this class. And you're like, look, you got to wait for... <laughs> for it to come up. And so now that I'm doing it, I'm just telling y'all, y'all need to go ahead and sign on up now because things move quickly. And so there's just something about the fact that you care, the fact that your listeners care. And that is incredibly, that's incredibly magnetic um, to me. And I think just the other people who also have passions um, because we just want to be able to get together and learn from each other and, and just share. So I want to recap the things that you just mentioned, because they're really good. And I see how they can apply to inventors trying to build out their social media identity or their brand identity for their inventor studio. Okay. So number one, you said, choose a platform to go in on. Choose one platform, focus all your energy there. My advice is to find out where 
um, your target market spends their time. So if you're trying to be seen by more toy companies, it's probably going to be LinkedIn. If you're trying to be seen by more consumers, because maybe you're an entrepreneur and you have a product to sell, then it might be Instagram. And then the one thing I want to add to that point is just if you have the other social channels, just think of those as like major broadcast channels. Like when you're having a big launch, when you're having a big sale, like you go in on those channels, but focus on your one. I totally agree with that. My social media manager is always trying to tell me to do that and I just don't listen. So <laughs> because I I need to do all the things. But yeah, she's always telling me, she's like, we need to calm down. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then, yeah. Um, Number two, you said establish the categories that you want your brand to convey. Love that. I do the same thing. Uh, Focus on entertainment, technology, and lifestyle. Makes sense with all of the things that you've accomplished for sure. So as a, a toy inventor, I'm thinking you want to focus on innovation, probably knowledge around the toy industry, and also um, your area of expertise. I, I call this your zone of toy genius. But uh, a lot of times toy companies want to work with somebody who's an expert in whatever category it is that they're working in. So if you're an expert in um, preschool age toys because you're a child psychologist for that age, you know, really hone in on that in your social media presence. Your next point was to build up a library of images, which I love. I love that idea. And I think it's so helpful. And I I try to do it with my cell phone at home, but it's not as fancy as a photographer. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> uh, but no, that's, yeah, that is the best way to save yourself some time. And then I think your last point was to build out a strategy and a calendar that helps you tell that story, right? Yes. Now, here's here's my huge asterisk with that because I don't want to seem hypocritical, right? I, I've tried to build this calendar thing on out before um, to varying degrees of success. <laughs> but um, like if you were to ask me right now to, to send you a file with my social media strategy on it for like the next month, I would be making one up because it actually does not exist. Okay. But, what I, but, but the thing is, that's just because like with my brand, like with my stuff, so much of it has to do with like what's happening maybe today. And some a lot of the stuff that I share ends up being things that I have worked with clients on, right? Um, so for example, I also, I'm a host for content on IMDb. And with IMDb, since it's all focused on like film, television, media, and whatnot, like I might do an interview for them. In fact, there, there's one that, that's coming up that, that I'm very excited about. But the thing is like, I'm not always sure when those are going to be released, right? So you can't say anything until... Exactly. And so then like the day they get released... So you can't plan, right? It's harder to like plan too much <laughs> for that. But that's why for me, it's helpful to have this bank of images that are just like, style images or like me playing with certain different kinds of technology because I know that I always have those to fall back on even if I don't have like an event thing to share in the moment. I think that can also apply to toy inventors, entrepreneurs, because oftentimes if they have an opportunity, like maybe a toy company is interested in licensing their idea or a retailer is interested in carrying their product, they can't tell the world until it's out there. So yeah, I think that's definitely applicable. Everyone struggles with that. Everything's a secret until it's public, especially in the toy industry. I bet I mean, with the toy industry, like, is there usually a pretty long turnaround time between like when a deal gets made and then like when you're actually able to share it? Usually, yes. But in the age of coronavirus, everyone's just had to react so much faster uh, in order to meet current demands. So 
yeah, you know, there used to just be a longer shelf life on things that might be related to an IP, like maybe a movie Mm. or just to products that are being developed. But now trends are moving so fast because of media, because of people consuming like insane amounts of media and their interests are changing and their the trends are changing, the hashtags, the challenges, like all that stuff is starting to have this weird effect on the toy industry where it's becoming very reactive. Huh. So there are still the bigger companies definitely still work a year out, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had a special team or a special section of their product line that was dedicated to reactive concepts. Like what trend is happening right now? Let's turn this around in three months. Kind of thing. Okay. That's that's super intriguing because when, when you say that now, I think about, I'm sure that these companies, and he's telling me if I'm wrong, that especially when you're creating product that's tied to a film release, for example. So like I'm thinking about a Wonder Woman 1984 and I'm thinking about like where it was initially on the release calendar and thinking about all the consumer products that had been formed and thought about that. But then once that movie gets pushed back, like what happens to the product? Oh, it's, it's too, too late, late. right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I went to Target a few months ago and I saw Black Widow and I believe Wonder Woman um, action figures on the Uh shelf. And I mean, Wonder Woman's out now, but it wasn't at the time. And Black Widow is totally not out. So, (laughs) so, (laughs) So, yeah, now it just screwed the whole schedule. They're like, but we got these toys, though. We got to put them on the shelf. Yeah. When Black Widow comes out, those toys could potentially be very cheap because they will have been in a warehouse for like a half a year, maybe a year. Who knows when that movie's coming out? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if it's been announced yet. Oh, man. So before we started recording, you mentioned a home shopping show style thing that Amazon Live has. And that sounds like something really applicable to toy entrepreneurs. So please tell me what that is. Tell me about your involvement in it and all that. So I work with a platform called Amazon Live, um, which is made by a small company some of us may have heard of called Amazon. And what happens (laughs) on Amazon Live is uh, I, I think of it as a home shopping space like a really fun, hip home shopping space. And here's why I say that, because um, I'm one of multiple hosts that are on this show. And if you go to amazon.com slash live, you will see what I'm talking about. Um, I'm one of, of many different hosts that are on here. And what happens is whenever we get on the show, it's an opportunity for us to share different products, whether it's a deals show. So maybe we're talking about um, these deals that are limited time. And so I want to like really, really let you know that today, these are the hot deals. Um, but then we have some other shows that, for example, uh, might be like a Valentine's Day theme show. Uh, we have, especially around the holidays, we have these holiday uh, gift list style shows where some episodes are about all about toys, right? And some episodes are all about fashion and some are all about like home decor and whatnot. And so this past year, I was involved with, I want to say maybe all of the toy shows, like all of the designated toy gift specials, and they were a blast. Uh, We talked about so many different Disney products on those shows. And what would happen is prior to coronavirus, I would fly back and forth to New York because Amazon would film most of the stuff in their studio in New York. And I loved it, Agile. Like it was one, I was like, oh, 
I'm doing what it is I'm supposed to be doing because I love being on planes and love being in New York. <laughs> da, 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 da. But look, like March, February of last year happened and shoop, all of that dried up. So we ended up starting to broadcast from home. And with that, and this is a whole this is a whole other episode, but like with the challenge, the learnings that I have had to embrace during this filming from home stuff. Mm-hmm. they've been tremendous learnings and they've like pushed me to do things that like I kept thinking, oh, eventually I'll set this thing up at home. Eventually, No, now, now is the time to do it. And so I'm talking with you now from, from an office space that I've built out here in my home and I've got a whole closet that's designated to products that Amazon has sent and products that I'm going to be bringing on out and sharing and talking with. But one of the reasons, like in addition to if you just like love uh, shopping online, this is something that you could really have a good time with. But from the creator's angle, from the creative perspective of things, something that I think might be helpful to think about is when I'm sharing a product, when I'm talking about a product, I'm usually not leading with hey, here's this Bluetooth speaker and like here are all of the features. Here's all the functionalities of the speaker. Because that's cool. That's great. But you know what? That's also already on the product page, Agile. Like if they really, you want to know that, you can like click and see the product page. What I like to do on this show, what my fellow hosts love to do on the show is we like to tell stories. We like to tell stories using the products. So I like to tell you what this Bluetooth speaker might do for you. If your lifestyle is this way, then this Bluetooth speaker might be relevant for you in this way. It's not just about it does this and this and this. It's like, here's how this can help you. What is the benefit versus what are the features? And so as these toy creators, as you are continuing to make product, to come up with ideas, I think that it is so helpful and and to a degree imperative in order to stand out to really also weave your story into the product. Now, it doesn't have to be like completely biographical. Like This doll does not have to be a complete replica of a gel, but somehow infusing this doll, infusing this truck, infusing this toy with some sort of background, with some sort of story that makes it easy to connect, that, that gives it more than just a tool, more, more than just like, oh, this is just a product. And it really does become an opportunity for this item to connect with people. And then I really do think, Agile, that's one of the reasons that like licensing is so massive is because like there, there are so many cool toys that are already out there and that are continuing to be made that don't have Mickey Mouse on them, that don't have Elsa or Anna on them. And in those toys, like the great thing is like that there's space for those toys to rise and to live. But one of the things that having licensed toys does is there's already, the story's already built in there, Agile. We've already been spending so much time with these stories and that's what's connecting us to this. The emotion. Yeah, the emotion. Mm-hmm. That, that That's what you're buying when you get the license for a thing. And so the thing is, Look at those leaders. Look look at those consumer products leaders and don't be intimidated by them. Don't be like, oh, well, I'll never come up with a Mickey Mouse. So like, what am I even doing this? Right. No, you look at that and you draw what you can from that and you say, okay, they built a story this way. All right, here's how I'm going to build a story for my brand, which is going to... They built a lifestyle. I mean, I remember... It's a lifestyle. I remember learning that they actually had an initiative where they wanted to get, I think, it was Mickey Mouse on on as many baby products as possible so that they could start connecting at a young wow. age. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's some psychology stuff there. <laughs> That's the, it's deep though. It's deep. But okay, we now have a, one comment. I hear you on the setting up your own space mm-hmm. at home. I filmed something recently in 
an actual studio and I'm new, I'm fairly new to all this stuff. But when I went to a studio, I was like, oh, <laughs> so there's like four people here helping to do everything. <laughs> and I was like, when I do this, it's like me and maybe a friend. I don't <laughs> yeah. calling in from Zoom. I, I was looking around like, oh, so this is how this happens. <laughs> okay. Um, so I can only imagine like going from your whole career having that kind of support to yeah. like all of a sudden you're the lighting guy, you're the sound guy, you're the tech guy, you're the you're the talent. Like that's exhausting. I mean, but you know what's funny about that is all of the hustle that I was committing to prior to this. You know, all this, the stuff I was doing in high school, the stuff I was doing in college where I did have to run and gun, the stuff when I was hiring the buddy from the gym in order to film with me on the carpet and then like Googling, how do I make a logo? You know, like all of that ends up coming back into play, right? You think you grew out of a thing and it's like, oh no, 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 don't get too comfortable. You're gonna have to use the skills again. Actually, I wonder if it's gonna have the actor feel drop a little bit because I do have a few friends who moved to other countries and they're like, no, nah, while Corona's going on, I'm not going to be an actor because it's too much work. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, no, it's true. <laughs> like, that's not what I got in this field for. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I'm going off, off topic, but going back to Amazon right. Live, it all sounds amazing. I'm, I'm watching it now as we're talking. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the question, how do people get their products on Amazon Live? Do you know? From what I've gleaned, there are a couple of different ways. And one of these ways I'm about to get very familiar with because I'm about to launch my own late night talk show on Amazon Live. Okay. Um, so and this is an independent venture. So I'm going to be using the Amazon Live platform to do this show. So this won't be Amazon produced, but it will be on the platform. And so one of the things that happens with that is like, so now I will be in charge on this show of like choosing what items that I'm going to feed. Feature. And so for me, something that will stand out first off is there are like on these independent streams that you'll see on there, there are sponsors for some of these streams. So brands can reach out to the creators and ask the creators like, hi, can you feature my product on your show? Like I will pay for a branded segment. And then that's all between the brand and the uh, the content creator to go ahead and, and work out their deal on. So I will definitely be doing that on my show. Uh, you know, Very cool. So actually, so that's the only way that I know in terms of with the independent creators. Got it. Oh, and or these brands can just email these independent creators and it's up to the creator whether or not it's going to be a sponsored thing or they just really enjoy the product. So they're going to just like share the product because they just like it, you know? And so I'm not 100% sure how the brands end up getting featured on the Amazon produced content. Like I do know that we have like major sponsors on on some things. Like like I said, like for the toy specials, Disney was a was a key sponsor for us. Um like on some of the fashion stuff that I've done for them. I'm wearing them right now. Crocs. Crocs, Crocs have been <laughs> Crocs was a huge sponsor of uh of a bunch of the fashion content that that we've done as well. And so I know that major brands end up working with Amazon. I know that like even some brands that maybe I hadn't heard of prior to working with Amazon, they also end up teaming up. So sponsorship, I think, is one of the most straightforward ways in order to get your product featured on some of these independent uh, content streamers. All right, perfect. Thank you. And to wrap up, why don't you just tell people where they can find you, where we can reach out to you, follow you? Where, where should we go? Gladly, thank you. Um, so across... Instagram and Twitter, my handle is Albert Talks. So just A L B E R T 
Talks, T-A-L-K-S. On Amazon Live, uh, my new show, I'm just so excited about it. Um, it's called Nightlight with Albert Lawrence. And we're going to premiere on February the 8th. We're going to do a live stream premiering on February the 8th. We're going to be airing at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm trying to like bite it off in chunks. So right now I'm committing to basically a four-episode structure. So hopefully every Monday night you'll be able to tune on in and it's going to basically just be a party as well. It's going to like, I'm going to bring in friends who are also influencers on Amazon, going to bring in people who have thoughts and specialties and, and all of that stuff. And we're just going to be hanging out. We're going to be very involved with the live chat. So we're going to keep that party going. So, um, so yeah, I would love, love if, if you came through and, and hung out in the chat and you know and, and at some point like it'd be cool to even have you on there as well because we can talk about your 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 toy tips and like and all that all that good stuff i've got to say it's so funny i have a launch it's february 9th 7 p.m eastern time so yeah i'll try to come support you maybe come support me this is such this is a good time this is for a good us time. okay this is gonna be a big month for us as it's gonna be a big month so thank you for giving me the, the chance to, to share that with your community. And um, it's really just for bringing me on. This has been way too much fun. This has been great. I love this conversation. <laughs> I'm so sorry to who I might need to bump to, <laughs> to put this conversation all up, all up. <laughs> out there. Or I'm so sorry to my listeners if now you're it's one week and all of a sudden you see two MIDI episodes and you're like, what? I don't have time for two episodes this week. I budgeted this hour. Yeah. 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 It's Albert's fault. I didn't do it. It's not me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle. And uh, and I wish you continued success and all of your listeners as well to all the toy people. Shout out to y'all. Take care, Albert. Well, there you have it, toy people. My interview with Albert Lawrence. I told you it was phenomenal. Albert and I discussed most importantly, some strategies that you can implement to make sure that you're hyper-focusing your social media efforts toward attracting your ideal market. If that's buyers that you want to see you, if it's toy companies you want to see you in a space of authority, or if you're reaching out directly to parents who might want to purchase your product, it's important that your social media platform reflect who you are in the light that you want them to see you. Now, if you want even more information on Albert, and you want to learn more about his upcoming show on Amazon Live, head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash 57, where I will give you all of the links to celebrate his Amazon Live. Now, if you haven't already left a review for this podcast, what are you waiting for? I love hearing stories about how this podcast inspires you on your toy journey. Every time a new review comes in, I get notified on my cell phone and it puts a huge smile on my face. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know there are a ton of podcasts out there, so it means the world to me that you tuned into this one. Until next week, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Agile Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? Then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.